From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. Many Christians and others today see the Big Bang Theory as a means of harmonizing what the Bible says about the origin of the universe with the current pronouncements of science. So let's examine what the Big Bang Theory involves and compare this with what God actually says. According to the current Big Bang Theory, all the matter and energy in the universe, along with space and time, were once contained in a dimensionless point or singularity of infinite density and temperature. Some 13.8 billion years ago, this singularity briefly expanded due to a quantum fluctuation and then underwent exponential growth at many times the speed of light. Some of the energy in this expansion formed subatomic particles, which, after approximately 380,000 years, combined to form atoms, mostly hydrogen with some helium and traces of lithium and deuterium. After approximately 700 million years, these atoms coalesced through gravity to form the first stars, and early galaxies emerged. More stars formed, including after approximately 9 billion years, the sun from the cloud of gas and dust that gravity shrank and fused to give off light. Then clouds of gas and dust, called the solar nebula, that were rotating around the sun eventually developed into the planets of our solar system, including our Earth. Then, over further millions of years, our Earth gradually cooled to its present state and somehow obtained water. In the Big Bang Theory, Major points of contradiction to the Bible include, first, the sun is said to exist before the earth, contrary to Genesis 1, which says God created the earth on day one, but the sun and the stars on day four of creation week. Also, when God first created earth, it was cool and dark, while the Big Bang postulates that the beginning was enormously hot and bright. And second, the Big Bang theory involves a gradual progressive formation of astronomical objects stretching over billions of years. This runs counter to one of the reasons for its appeal to Christians who have not thought it through carefully, and so erroneously think it has an abrupt one-time creation event. Such a gradual progression over vast ages is not an impression that scholarly minds of the past, prior to the popularity of the idea of vast ages, ever once gleaned from the Bible. God may well have created the universe in an expanding state, but not over eons. The Bible, in fact, specifically teaches against this long-age idea. If what God says in the Bible about creation is deemed to be wrong or to need modernizing, this opens the door for non-believers to regard as wrong or needing modernizing other things that God says in the Bible. For example, everyone's need for forgiveness of sin. See Acts 3.19, or the certainty of future judgment by God. Read Acts 17.31. Either the whole Bible truly is the word of God, or it is not. Therefore, it is not a mixture of bits that are not true alongside other bits that are true. Big Bang-believing Christians are identified either as, well, either one, progressive creationists, who reject biological evolution and accept a real Adam and Eve, but have no problem with astronomical or geological evolution, or as theistic evolutionists, who believe God not only used astronomical and geological evolution, but also biological evolution to create living things. In each case, 
huge problems arise if one adds millions of years to the time frame of the Bible. With regard to man's appearance on earth, millions of years puts death, suffering, and diseases like cancer, arthritis, and abscesses, which are visible in the fossil bones, all before Adam sinned, instead of as a result of Adam's sin, which led to that perfect original world becoming cursed. But the Apostle Paul wrote that death was the result of sin, and that sin came into the world through one man, namely Adam. Another aspect for Big Bang believing Christians is what the Bible says about the future, namely that God will create a, quote, new heavens and new earth. Read 2 Peter 3.13, Isaiah 65.17, and Revelation 21.1. So how long do long-agers allow God to create the new heavens and the new earth if they maintain that it took him billions of years to produce the present heavens and the present earth? We'll be back with more of what the Bible actually says right after this break. Many have been misled into thinking that the Genesis account of creation is not actually history, but is just some sort of theological argument. If you believe the Bible is God's word, but have depended on secularists to tell you what happened billions of years ago, an insightful quick read is 15 reasons to take Genesis as history. This small book succinctly shows why those who believe in the inspiration of scripture have no intellectually honest choice but to take Genesis as straightforward literal events, just as Jesus did. This quick read powerfully challenges one of the major problems in the church today that affects the authority of the entire Bible. Read it and give it to your pastor, or particularly anyone contemplating theological training. It could save them from getting derailed by some of the misleading arguments common in theological academia. 15 Reasons to Take Genesis as History is available from the store at creation.com. According to Genesis chapter 1, God created everything by his word of command over a period of six days that were chronological in order and 24 hours in duration, about 6,000 years ago. That puts creation about 2,000 years before the life of Abraham, and Abraham's life about 2,000 years before the life of Jesus Christ, and Jesus' life about 2,000 years ago. The history recorded in scripture is from the beginning, during creation week, up through the life of Abraham, and then up through the time of Jesus, which in total makes up about 4,000 years. Various strategies have been used to evade the obvious meaning of Genesis 1. However, because Genesis means what it obviously says, which is how the Lord Jesus and the New Testament writers obviously understood it, it is doubtful if any theological institution would raise these alternatives if it were not for their desire to be scientifically respectable. The Big Bang is one of the most non-scientific narratives ever put forward for consideration. The Big Bang itself has evolved considerably over the last 30 years or so, not so much because of new evidence in support of it, but because more and more problems have needed to be answered. Here are some of the scientific problems of the Big Bang. Energy can be converted into matter according to Einstein's equation E equals mc2. But when this happens, exactly equal amounts of matter and antimatter are produced. So, where are the 200 billion galaxies of antimatter that had to form to balance the 200 billion galaxies of stars for the Big Bang Theory to work? The Big Bang is supposed to have begun by means of a quantum fluctuation. But what was it that quantum fluctuated? 
And how could this have happened before there was any time or space for anything to quantum fluctuate in? The Big Bang depends on early inflation of the universe that lasted from 10 to 36 to 10 to 33 and 10 to 32 seconds at many times the speed of light with no known mechanism either to cause this or to uncause it once it began. The Big Bang has a light travel time problem arising from the fact that the cosmic microwave background has the same temperature over the entire sky. However, there hasn't been enough time for radiation to travel between widely separated regions of space at the speed of light to produce the consistent cosmic microwave background temperature over the whole sky. This is known as the Big Bang Horizon problem. Big Bang theory only produces an expanding cloud of gas. Expanding clouds of gas do not spontaneously reverse their expansion and condense into the objects we see in the real universe around us. Big Bang theorists require the universe to be composed of approximately 27% dark matter in order to supply the gravitational forces needed to cause the outer edges of the galaxy to rotate at the same rate as their centers. The word dark means unseen, and that is, such dark matter is not in the form of stars or planets or indeed any particles that have ever been seen or that emit radiation. Another conundrum for Big Bang theorists is that they also need the universe to be composed of approximately 68% dark energy. This is an alleged form of anti-gravity that is supposedly supplying the force needed to cause the expansion of the universe to accelerate. This too has never been identified in any laboratory experiment. These dark entities are best described as fudge factors, conceived only because without them, the Big Bang theory would not work. All this leaves only approximately 5% of the universe as identified matter. It may not be widely known that 33 scientists signed a letter published in New Scientist in May 2004, itemizing these hypothetical, never-observed dark fudge factors on which the Big Bang Theory depends, and said, Without them, there would be a fatal contradiction between observations made by astronomers and the predictions of the Big Bang Theory. In no other field of physics would this continual recourse of new hypothetical objects be accepted as a way of bridging the gap between theory and observation. Of course, the Big Bang in its non-theistic form also contradicts the first law of thermodynamics, that is, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only changed from one form into another. So energy could not have been created by the Big Bang, as secularists maintain. To get around this, it has been proposed that the laws of science themselves have not always been the same. That is to say, science itself may be jettisoned if necessary to defend the Big Bang. On the matter of the importance of heeding what the Word of God actually says, the very first temptation of anybody by Satan was his suggestion to Eve to doubt what God had said. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Genesis 3, 1. And Satan followed the sowing of the seed of doubt about what God had said by his outright denial of what God had said. You will not surely die. This in turn led to Eve's and Adam's disregard for the imminent judgment of God. Today, Satan continues this strategy of initiating doubt and denial regarding the word of God. People today not only do not believe in the judgment of God, they do not even believe in the existence of God, whose chief communication to us is through His Word, the Bible. Satan's strategy 
which worked with Eve, has proved to be no less effective with modern mankind. Sadly, this reverence for the evolutionary paradigm, with its intrinsic denial of the historicity of Genesis, is now advocated by many theological colleges. This is despite the fact that in the Bible, God repeatedly warns believers not to add or to change what He has said. The result is that today, many theological college graduates who are now church pastors do not believe that what God says in Genesis is historical fact. Surely, God does not want ministers or missionaries to tell converts that God does not mean what He says in the early chapters of Genesis. Jesus warned that those who reject Moses' writings eventually reject His words too. Read John 5 verses 46-47. through 47. Christian organizations should have a question in their application papers asking what an applicant or prospective member believes about creation and Genesis. So the answer to the question in the title of this article is no. Acceptance of the Big Bang, with or without accepting biological evolution, undermines biblical authority in crucial gospel-related ways. It is thus a major reason for the increasing impotence of the church in Western culture. The remedy is self-evident. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell, and produced out of the U.S. studio of Creation Ministries International. Learn more about our ministry at creation.com. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes along with the description for this episode. This episode's article was written by Russell Grigg. Our speakers and scientists host a really cool talk show called creation.com talk, which you can find right here in your podcast app or on our YouTube channel. And get in touch if you want to arrange to have one of our creationist speakers visit your church. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter making a donation at creation.com donate. You can also help out by telling your friends and family to check out Creation Magazine. Be sure to follow Creation Ministries International on Facebook and Instagram, or subscribe to our free e-newsletter. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening. <laughs>